You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay. Welcome to the well into the playoffs edition of Sharing Socks. I'm Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen. With me, my son and West Coast correspondent wearing a Washington Senator's hat and a Roberto Clemente shirt. Uh, wonderful as Clemente was, he played almost all on losing teams and the Washington Senators. <laughs> And I was a, I lived in Washington when I was six. My first professional game was between the Washington Senators and the Philadelphia A's. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's how old I am. Wow. Uh, and I, I was, that was my team, of course, since I lived there. Uh, that was not a successful team. <laughs> no, no. The, they got, the... they got successful when they moved to, to uh, Minnesota, but they, they, they were not successful in Washington at all. The inspiration uh, for the hat is uh, the W for win, and it's in the Cleveland Guardian color palette, uh, which, you know, shocking to say on a White Sox podcast, rooting hard for the Guardians today uh, to beat the Yankees because I like baseball. I wanted, speaking of liking baseball and the Guardians, I thought one play, we're recording this on Saturday before all four games uh, get played and three teams could get eliminated. Um but on Friday afternoon, in the 10th inning, Jose Ramirez, a superstar, a superstar with a seven-year contract now in, in huge numbers. So he's not playing to make a buck or show up and get a contract. A superstar who, if he doesn't get hurt and plays through this, will be in the Hall of Fame. Hits a pop-up. Nobody on. Hits a pop-up to short left field. 
and takes out out of the box on a dead run. No, throw your bat down, stomp your feet, take two or three steps toward first, which is exactly what every player on the White Sox, except I'd say Josh Harrison or Elvis Andrews, who probably won't be there next year, would do, and just make it to first when it falls up. He is hauling. He hauled around first base. He goes swooping into second base, bad throw, diving head first into third base in first position to score on another blue. Now he would have scored anyways. It turns out there were a couple more hits. But that, that's what a real star does. That's what a real leader does. That's what a real team, I Cleveland hustles all the time. All I mean, it's time. what a real baseball player does. But yeah. Jose Ramirez is the shining example of how to play this game. He really is. He's in the playoff game. It's tied. They're in the 10th. He hits that pop-up. He's not thinking that's caught. He's thinking, if that falls, I should be on second. And that's exactly how you should be thinking, especially at this point of the season if you're a Major League Baseball player. You just don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. And he comes out of that box, tearing out of that box, and he knows, if this drops, I need to be on second for my team. He got the bonus action of when you do things like that, you force guys to make plays under pressure. pressure on the defense. They throw the ball away because they're shocked that you did it. And then you get into third base. I mean, it's obviously a game-changing play. When you have a guy like Jose Ramirez who makes it all the way to third base on a weak fly, your team is going to hit you in. They're going to. They're so amped from something like that that they would, they're just not going to let you down because you showed them how hard you like to play the game. I mean, he's an incredible player. He's, he's probably my favorite player in the game. I, I love watching him play baseball. Yeah, we get to do it a lot, a little less with the new schedule next year. And, of course, we're not rooting for him when we see him because it's against the Sox. But still, it it is fun to watch good baseball players play baseball the way it is intended to be played. The way, if you had a kid, which I seem to have, when you were a kid, that's what look at that. Look at that. Well, that's how you play baseball. Yeah. Uh, the complete and, opposite of telling the first five guys in the lineup not to run out balls. Yeah, because you might get hurt. complete opposite of, of the La Russa technique from this year. You, you could not be – you have two teams that can't hit home runs. One team says don't hustle. One team says hustle more than you've ever hustled before. And look who's in the playoffs in the second round of the playoffs and has a chance to go to the third round of the playoffs with a couple good games. So – it's just completely from the top down and then what your stars are inspired to do. And Ramirez, who took a huge pay cut to stay in Cleveland realistically, I mean, he got 170 mil over seven years or something like that. That's so much lower than he yeah. would have gotten. But what did he say? He said, it's not important to me. What's important to me is my family's in Cleveland. My fans are in Cleveland. I'm going to stay in Cleveland and play baseball here. And we've been to Cleveland. You know, it's not exactly, it's not I LA. Lived in Cleveland. Not New York. It's not I the li- market. I lived in Cleveland twice. It's not a market that breeds superstars. It's a city that's miserable to be in half the year. Of course, I'm sure he doesn't stay in Cleveland for that half of the year. Uh, 
but it, it's what a true leader does, what a true MLB star does. He's a he's a pleasure to watch play baseball, and I hope that they win these next two against the Yankees. I really oh, do. Yeah. Speaking of superstars and their production, now some of the superstars, in addition to to Ramirez, uh, yes, they uh, have really come through. I mean, Bryce Harper is just Bryce Harper tearing it up and almost beating Atlanta by himself, mashing, um, mashing. Manny Machado, who I realize you were rooting for the Dodgers, but they're not even pitching to him. <laughs> I mean, they walked him the first three times he was up yesterday uh, on Friday. Well, they had to. I mean, I went to uh, I went to the NLDS game two between the Padres and the Dodgers, and Machado was absolutely electric. I mean, there was just no way to get the guy. He. He was coming up swinging early in counts and hitting the ball 108 miles per hour immediately each time. He's he's amped. He's ready for this moment. And Dodger fans boo him harder than White Sox fans boo him. And it, it was deafening how loud they boo Manny Machado. Well, I think they should have taken my advice after the first at bat and stopped booing Manny Machado <laughs> because this don't, dude don't get him angry. <laughs> he eats booze for breakfast. He was feasting on the negative energy and throwing it into the bat at 110 miles an hour. Uh, just crazy production from from some of these stars, as you're saying. I can't believe I'm sitting here on a day where the Dodgers are in trouble. The Dodgers are in trouble. They're in- they're in serious trouble. I mean, not only are they down two games to one, but Musgrove is throwing for San Diego, and he is damn good, and he has been really, really good for the last month. Uh, and he's so. a guy who's been there before. So, you know, he's he's a good guy to have in this position. Of course, the Dodgers aren't throwing any slouches. Uh, no, no. I mean, their their entire rotation great. is, is yeah. unbelievable. Um, but they're going to throw Anderson to, tonight, and – you know, that's a big, maybe still a big kind of question mark in a playoff uh, scenario. But the big thing for them is not the pitching. Their pitching's actually been great. It's their hitting. They're just not hitting the ball. Dodgers, you got a team with a run differential of about a million uh, who won their division by about a million, and they can't get it going with the bats and you know, yeah, I mean, they, 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 you hear a lot of this greatest baseball team of all time. Well, if they don't make it out of their first round of the playoffs, they ain't. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the the what was it? 2001 Mariners, the team that won 116. You know, they also lost in the first round of the playoffs. So sometimes you get to the playoffs and these things just don't translate. Uh, big differences, I would say that the this Dodger team is financially built to <laughs> yeah. do this, whereas that Seattle team was like a lot of things coming together at the right time in the right place. Uh, obviously, when you have Alex Rodriguez and Ichiro, it's, it's, you're not hurting for star power, uh, but this Dodger team is certainly expected to get out of this round. Um, I would love for them to get to a game five because I think I might have a ticket to game five if they get there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's looking bleak, uh, for the LA team. Um, not as bleak as the Anaheim team, which may never win a game, uh, playoff game in my lifetime, but, <laughs> or get, get uh, and then, uh, what's the other series we have? We have the Mariners and we have the Astros. And I think yeah, that one I is think, all, all that but over. Done. 
Yeah, that, that, that's just done. And the Astros are just really, really good. And the Mariners, I mean, they're good, but they they knew they were a year or two away from from good. Yeah, good, good. I, I mean, the Mariners year next year are they're a potentially a hundred win team next year. They're they're just going to get better and better. They have so many guys that are so young. Uh, they're not quite as young as Cleveland, but they are a very young team. And I think they're going to have an incredible future. But I was watching the the first game and then some of the second game, and their hopes t- died on the end of Jordan Alvarez's bat twice. Yeah. And he he and just boy, took boy care of good. it. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know. He's something. The, the talk that he could be the best DH since David Ortiz and then maybe ever is not it's not romantic. Yeah. You, you need, you need a few years to prove that, but boy, yeah, he's, he's something. And of course, the Mariners had the chance. I mean, they were in total control of game one and there it went. Uh, both, yes, I guess, which... Bergman and then, and then, and then Alvarez. Uh, superstars not performing. Two pitchers, Max Scherzer getting killed. Justin Verlander. And this is a surprise on the Houston side. Justin Verlander gets killed. They still win the game. Uh, who, I mean, he's been. Oh, that's how you knew. That's how you knew that it was over for the Mariners was they struck Justin Verlander and lost a game. Um, can't do that. Can't do that. If you get to Justin Verlander, if you get get six runs off Verlander in four or five innings, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. But on the hitting side, Aaron Judge. Ice cold. He's had one non strikeout. That was. It's either a pop up or a ground out. I don't think you get out of the infield. Uh, well, in in all fairness, this is best case scenario for me. I actually like Aaron Judge. I think Aaron Judge is a great ball player. He seems like a really great seems, guy. Seems like a good guy, absolutely. Like a, which you know, and he's it's a Yankee. A Yankee who's a great guy is such a rarity. You have to go. I mean, it. it's hard for us to say this. If you've listened to this podcast, you know I've said probably no nice things about the Yankees ever. Uh, but Aaron Judge is an exception. Sometimes you get these exceptions on the Yankees, Mariano Rivera. Uh, but he's ice cold. This is kind of best case scenario for me because he got home run 62. He did what we all kind of hoped he would get to do so we could get, you know, sort of past the Maris number. And now he's ice cold. And I'm actually really happy about that because if Aaron Judge is hot, there's no way Cleveland gets out of this round. <laughs> yeah. No way. No way, no how. So I don't want the Yankees to get out. I feel like I gave Aaron Judge his moment. I allowed that. I allowed that joy. I now will allow him to uh, go ice Have the rest of the year off. And strike his way out and, and get an early vacation. There's nothing wrong with that. And build up for his $350 million contract that's coming up from somebody who will not be the White Sox. And that number might be very low. I think we're going to see with Aaron Judge someone give him the kind of money where he will have been retired for six years and he's still making seventy-seven million a year. Uh, He's he's going to sign a contract that I I can't even wrap my head around. Whatever that number is going to be, but yes, I I love that. And and it's going to be the Yankees or the Dodgers. There's only two teams that can really swing. Somebody has mentioned the Giants, and they have a lot of room to spend money. Uh, they do. And, yep. And that's an appealing market for a guy who is, I think, by definition, a giant. Uh, so, yeah. you know, he'd be, he'd be welcome on the team, tallest guy in baseball. I think that makes sense to have him on the Giants. Uh, it, it's possible he could go to a place like San Francisco. 
I think that is the end of the list right there. Um, but I yeah. think ultimately, and it's probably the Yankees. It's the Yankees. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Brian Cashman would just have to deal with a level of hatred from Yankee fans forever if they don't at least compete to get judged well, back. Let's, let's, you, you are a friend of Brian Cashman's daughter. You have taught Brian Cashman's daughter certain things about the art of acting. Uh, have you heard from her saying anything? Any leaks coming down from dad? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Believe it or not, the uh, vague friend-ish of your daughter does not get the inside scoop. No? Damn. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on that note, we should take our break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about White Sox, which I know seems weird to do. Uh, but we are ste- technically still a professional baseball team. Uh, and we do have to play next year. So we'll talk a, a little bit about what that might look like on the second half of Sharing Socks. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. We did our playoff breakdown in the first half. Now let's talk White Socks. The W on my hat right now does not stand for White Socks. Uh, I'm in a, a little bit of a bad mood still. A little bit in bad mood about White Sox baseball still. But LaRusse is gone. Han says they're not going to be real hot in the free agency market. So Aaron Judge uh, is not coming our way. Shohei Otani will probably not come our way uh, after next year. Um, what is going to happen? Well, let's start Let's start this quick manager thing. They apparently have talked to uh, Joe Espada, who would be probably an excellent choice, the bench coach of the Astros. He knows something about winning and making it to him, being through the playoffs, and he had said Dusty to – be his mentor. Uh, boy, it sounds like a good one. They talked to Pedro Gritol, who was the bench coach of the Royals. Uh, I can't think of a worse pedigree than that, but apparently, <laughs> apparently he's very well thought of because uh, other teams, uh, Marlins, for example, have also interviewed him. Well, to be had- fair, to be fair, and I realize I'm making this joke in the year that the White Sox lost the season series to the Royals. But the Royals are essentially just a bunch of bench guys and Salvador Perez. So your bench coach is actually the most relatable person <laughs> to the players. They're all very familiar with the bench. Well, they have, they have some young up-and-comers, certainly. Bobby no, they Wood do. Jr. Bobby Wood Jr., of, of course, yeah. But uh, And they've also apparently had some contact with, but not an interview with Ron Washington, who was only 70, so there'd be a youth movement uh, from uh, – the Hall of Famer baseball person. I I hope they don't go. For, I I don't think you should be going for a manager you went around. Not a guy who's already seventy before you even start into the system. I mean, I realize Lewis was seventy six, but that was just an insanely stupid move. Uh, but there's a there's a huge difference though. I'm I'm not anti Ron Washington in this scenario. I do agree with everything you're saying. I think it makes more sense to go younger, uh, especially with the guys we have. But Ron Washington 
is a fundamentals first coach. And he, even at 70, he gets out there on the field. He takes ground balls with the guys. He runs them through exactly how they should be moving their bodies, exactly how they should be fielding the ball, exactly how they should be preparing to throw the ball. I mean, Ron Washington is a fundamentals first baseball coach. And as we learned from this year's White Sox team, fundamentals were way down the list. I don't think that necessarily Ron Washington's the answer, but I do think that someone from the Ron Washington mindset of defensive fundamentals win you games is exactly what we need. We need someone to teach these guys how to field the baseball. Well, that's a good point. I will, I will concede that point. Uh, one of mine that I like, I mean, I've always, uh, like, uh, like Sandy Alomar, but apparently he's just going to stay in Cleveland till, uh, Terry Francona retires. And Terry's pretty sick, so it could be any yeah. time. Particularly if they're very successful this year, he, he may decide to, to go out on top. Uh, I mean, they're already successful, but even more successful. Um, Mark Quattraro, I like. Bench coach at the Rays. Now, there's a team again, and they don't, there's a team that does it with no money at all. Yeah. And, and, and they go out there and teach guys how to play baseball, and they hustle on everything, you know, and and they have – a lot of guys that bring up from the minors who obviously are going to need training. I presume Quattrao is involved with that. Um, so that's an excellent one. I presume they, they will talk to him before. I think that they actually uh, completely owe the job to Ricky Ranaria for the way they screw him over, <laughs> but they're not going to consider him to talk to him and it's not going to happen. But I, I, I really thought Ranaria was owed another year, uh, without Don Cooper. I think, I think if you could get rid of Cooper, who had the direct line to Jerry, it's that, that stupid direct line to Jerry BS. Cooper had been washed up for a decade and was really in control. And if you had instead Ethan Katz just being a really good pitching coach, I think they would have been a hell of a combo, but history, it's over. Talk about players. Yep. Jose's gone. We're going to take a player who on, on baseball reference has zero war. And make him our first baseman for the forever, forever future. Yes. Does Andrew Vaughn have a lot of potential? Yes. Could he might play better around, all around at first base? Obviously be a better, at least not a good first baseman. I looked at his scouting reports from college, the professional reports on scouting him at college. They didn't have him as a good fielding first baseman. And that's where he was. He had an average first baseman. Average first baseman is not a recommendation. Um, However. If you have an average first baseman and he actually gets to play first base and you have a fundamental defensive-minded coach, that is how you get a good defensive first baseman. And a lot of first basemen who come up are not great fielders. It's just – it's not – sorry, first baseman. No, no, no. no, It's where you you put – You put a big bat that you need to hide. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I, I think Vaughn is potentially a good first baseman. He just, I, I feel for Vaughn. In fact, now that we're out of the Larusa era, I do actually think about what kind of player Vaughn would have been even this year if he had a coach who was worth anything. Because the, the kid is coming up to the majors. He's hitting very well, despite the fact that he's spending half the game completely lost in a position he does not know how to play and does not like playing. And, I mean, that does a lot to you mentally. If you can put Vaughn at a position that at least he's comfortable with, he doesn't even have to be great, 
He just needs to be comfortable. So he's not spending half the game wide-eyed wondering if he's going to screw up. That gives you a freedom at the plate that you didn't have before either. And I would like to see Andrew Vaughn with that freedom at the plate. We need a coach who can coach young guys into pro baseball players. That has been completely missing the last two years. Throwing him out in the field was only going to make his hitting worse. His hitting actually survived, although he ended the year pretty slumped up. But, you know, not terrible. And then we got to get him over to first base. It was pretty bad the second second half of the year. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was. It wasn't good. But he's also, you have to remember, very young. And and still learning the game. Yeah, and it, meanwhile, he seemed, he seemed to, particularly last year, 2021, to do good adapting. Because when he, I remember you saying it looks like a, the old deer in the head, uh, the headlights oh, thing. He and does then, then he learned, look like that. Then he learned to hit some, and then then he couldn't hit right-handers at all, and he learned to hit right-handers. So he has learned, but the, the league learns too, and that may have. But he's learning. Happened. You have to keep in mind he's learning while. 80% of his headspace is occupied by the disaster he is in left field <laughs> yeah. or right field. I mean, that takes a toll on you. When you are a guy that you just hear everyone saying, no, he can't field. If you feel yourself taking ridiculous routes to the ball, if you're not making plays, I, I mean, that takes a toll on your hitting big time. And I, I think we got to get him over to first. We got to get a coach on this team who – Cares about the development of young players. Cares about fundamentals. And, and that means that means that our first and third base coaches have to go because they're the guys who do the infield and the outfield. They do an absolutely horrible job at it. horrible job. Lost horrible and Super job. Joe. Bye bye. Got to yeah. leave with the new, new manager and a, the new manager, whoever it is. And that's a point of doing Ron Washington rather than a younger guy because he'll have more influence. Has got to bring his own coaches. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to wipe out that coaching staff, except for cats. And if he wants to wipe out cats, so be it. That's sad, but so be it. Yeah. yeah. Let's get let's get the players now. We're, uh, if we're not going to do free agents, and my own pick is that we sign Xander Bogarts and move Tim over to second base. Um, I'm guessing right. they will not pick up the option on Josh Harrison, which will be a bad mistake. They will not sign Elvis Andrews because they. Only got him because he was almost free because his salary was already being paid by Oakland. Um, and so that's what you have. You, you're in theory looking at Romy Gonzalez, who has been very bad, Lenin Sosa, who looked scared to death to be up there, uh, at second in right field. Yes, you're waiting for Oscar Colas, but Colas has 31 at bats to AAA. Yeah. I, I've seen scouting reports that say he'll be up in 2023, but if he's up in 2023 and not for reasons of service time manipulation, it won't be till later in the season. He's, he's got to get more time in, in uh, Charlotte. Uh, and that's about what you got in the minor leagues. Colson Montgomery is years away. Uh, that's about it. Uh, so let's say we're going to trade. Now don't go player for player. Not, this is not major league. MLB. <laughs> MLB trade rumors where you go, we give player X and Y to. Right, yeah, yeah. Who says no? You know, that's fun. It's a lot of fun, but let's forget that. What White Sox player do you trade for what description of player? Where do you, we have so, I mean, for example, you could, and remember you're selling low on so many, of course. 
You say, yo, I'm Okada. Well, you're saying selling very low on Okada. Plus, we have no third baseman. Jake Berger is playing third base for the White Sox. Write it off. Kansas City beats us uh, in the standings. Uh, so yeah, I, you have, to have something where you have a backup player, which the White Sox, and we're going to presume, I'm going to presume that uh, Pollock takes his option. Why not? 13 and a half million? Uh, why I not sign he, up? I think he will. I, I don't know why he wouldn't. Um, so you're stuck with him. Uh, yeah. You're stuck with pretty much everybody because the contract, you're stuck with Leori for two more years, for God's sake. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine being stuck with Pollock for one more year if he's coming off the bench. He probably won't be. Um, but, you know, Pollock does have moments. He, he does actually – he's one of the few guys that I felt like watching this year does still really like playing baseball. Um, I mean, and which, he's a decent left fielder. But he's a, we've got he's a guy a out there. Left what, fielder. Are you going to make a permanent DH out of Aloy? You've got to you get Aloy's bat in. You have to make a permanent DH out of Aloy. He cannot play the field anymore. It's a joke that we've let it go on this long. He cannot do it, especially when the rest of our outfielders are not even pulling the kind of defensive weight that we were, that they've shown previously. I'm talking to you, Luis. So we absolutely have to keep Aloy in the lineup, but we have to have someone else play left field. Um, all right, so trades, um, realistic trades, I guess, was more of the assignment. Realistic. I mean, who can we afford to trade away? And, of course, you could trade minor leaguers. But we have, by everybody's grades, either the worst or next worst farm system in the major leagues. So uh, we don't have a lot of minor leaguers that anybody wants. Well, and we can't get rid of the two we have. <laughs> Because yeah. <laughs> if we get rid of the two that are good that we have, then you've got your future is, I mean, so unbelievably bleak. You might as well stop playing. Um, boy, uh, I, I guess I would trade Lucas Giolito and Yoan Mancata for a new hot dog supplier <laughs> and cash considerations. Uh, I, I have no answer for you. I, we have no one to trade. We, we really, I mean, we have the, guys, the guys, the guys that you'd love to trade away are not, not Joe Kelly. He's not tradable. I guess you could trade Graveman. He's, he's probably tradable, although, you're but you're not, not going to get a because, lot because yeah. he's, he's a non-closer reliever at nine million. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's not much return there unless you not, eat that It's salary. not great. I mean, that number's not crazy for some of the big teams for a bullpen guy, especially because Graveman's pretty good. Um, but you're still not going to get much. I mean, you're, you can't trade Kendall Graveman and that's going to be the answer. You're not going to get, you're not going to be able to even fill a need with the Kendall Graveman trade. So. Uh, no, and the guys, the, and the reliever side, I think you could get something good for Reynaldo Lopez, but then you've, Lost one of your key relievers. Absolutely. Uh, and what? And what do you want? Are we trying to get a second baseman? Are we trying to get a right fielder? Could use it. Certainly use another starting pitcher. It's Quato. We don't know if Quato's going to be back. I mean, um, if we don't have Harrison, if we don't have Harrison, we don't have Andrews. We have to get another infielder of some caliber who can play better than Leori, who can play better than Berger. Ideally, a shortstop, 
Ideally, a shortstop so Tim can move to second, both because he's not yeah. very good at short anymore, or never really was, and also because it might save some of his leg problems. Yeah, absolutely. I I truly have no answer. This team is in such a bad position for trades that the idea that Han would come out and say, we're going to focus on trades instead of free agency is total delusion. I mean, there's just nothing there. There, we had players who were extremely valuable a year or two years ago, but we, we'd be selling low on, on Moncada. We'd be, I mean, we'd be selling low on Moncada. We'd be selling low on Giolito. And I, you know, for one year, so you're not going to get for one year, you know, he's, he's a rental. Lance Lynn, who's going to take Lance Lynn on a rental? It's not going to happen. Uh, Cueto might decide to leave the White Sox. He might stay, but we might not even offer for Cueto to stay. Uh, I just, I, I truly don't have an answer. I don't have a trade answer. Uh, I, you know, I obviously, for example, Luis is very valuable despite all the injuries this year. He's but very if you're going to trade, if you're going to trade, you Luis, then don't have a center done. fielder. <laughs> yeah, you don't have that's a backup. The, center that's fielder. the thing. I mean, we have guys who are valuable who who we can trade. We could, yes, we could sit here and say, Tim. oh. We can get great stuff if we trade Luis Robert, Tim Anderson, Dylan Cease. We can get great stuff. But that is a commitment to a, a full rebuild by trading any one of those guys. That's a commitment to a full rebuild when you only have two guys in the minors. <laughs> so that is also not and, a viable and, option. And really, no – I mean, I looked through the stuff in the minors recently. We really have no pitching down there. Just none. 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 We, we've got nobody to bring up. You, you've got to have Kopech healthy next year and Cease healthy next year and Lynn healthy for this last year and Giolito making a comeback and then find number five if Cueto goes, which is quite possible. Which could happen. Which could happen. I, I think the starting pitching is not our biggest problem uh, just because those things could all happen. Kopech could stay healthy. Cease will be dominant. I, I think Kopech will be healthier because now he's had a full year. Exactly. He's never had that before. Lynn could start better than he started this year. I think he will, actually. I think it was yeah, a wake-up call. With a real spring training. With a real spring training and a real conditioning and strength coach. Maybe, maybe he lost 50 or 60 pounds, yeah. Yeah, which he could. Maybe 100. And Giolito could come back in, in a different physical form that doesn't throw off that change of delivery. That absolutely could happen. I'm not ready to write off Lucas Giolito yet. And then a fifth starter. You know, fifth starter is the fifth starter for a reason. We're not looking for, you know, Shohei or, or Jacob deGrom to fill that spot. We're, you're looking for a guy who can go out and do okay. We could probably find a way to get that. Uh, it's these position player gaps that are the absolute problem for the White Sox. The immediate problem. I mean, if any one of those other guys does not go in the ideal way that we're saying, then starting pitching is also a big problem. Uh, but it's the position player stuff. I mean, second base, outfield, first base, kind of, third I, base. I still think Josh is, a, Josh is a perfectly – I mean, he's third or fourth, maybe even second to Jose and and uh, and B-War for position players. And, and was by far, far and away, not even close, uh, the highest D-War scorer on, on the White Sox. By far the best defensive player on the team, other than Elvis Andrews, who was only there for a month. Yeah, um, yeah. And who, who matched him in war in a month. Uh, 
But I, but if you were to keep him, you've got to do something about the outfield. Because you, you can have a weak hitting second baseman. Lots of teams have weak hitting second baseman, but they cannot also have no outfielders. Yeah. Uh, you, I, I'd be perfectly fine with Harrison coming back to play second base. I think he's a, a good motivator on the team. I like the way he plays. A lot of spirit. A lot of spirit still plays really hard. Uh, he's not even really a bad bat anymore. He's just not a, he's not a great bat, but yeah, he's also after the first, I mean, he was very bad through April and part of May. Yeah. After that, he's pretty good. Yeah. Picked it up big time. So I'm fine with Harrison, but I don't have faith that we'll make the right decision there. And then the outfield situation is just so unbelievably bleak. I don't know what to do, but that is all the time we have for today. I'm glad we could end on an uplifting White Sox note. Uh, (laughs) Got four playoff games to watch today. Very excited about that, including three elimination games. Any final words before we sign off? Right. I know we're not supposed to say this as White Sox people, but go Cleveland. Go Cleveland. Cleveland rocks. Let's see it happen. Uh, We will catch you next week as we head into the – we will be within the CS series uh, of both leagues, uh, en route to the World Series. And we don't know who's going to be playing yet. Today's going to be kind of a big old day for baseball. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the playoffs and we will catch you next time on Sharing Socks.